0: Okay. We're having a beautiful day on the Summers Off podcast. Please won't you be our neighbor today as we discuss all the magical things we can learn from Mr. Fred Rogers. This is the Summers Off podcast. We are your hosts i'm jules and i'm mao and i'm a sped teacher and i'm a gen ed teacher so welcome to the summers off podcast the show for all of you august to may schoolaholics taking the summers off to rest, re-energize, and get up and do it all over again next year. We're talking about teacher life inside and outside the classroom, and what it's like to live as an educator all year round. It's not just for teachers, but also paraprofessionals, administrators, and anyone who calls school their home away from home. So grab a room temperature cup of coffee and settle in with The The Summers Summer's Off Podcast. So we watched the documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And there was also a movie out about Mr. Rogers. So the Mr. Rogers craze has been has been getting crazier.
1: Yeah. I thought it was really helpful for me to watch the documentary first before I watched the Tom Hanks version because mm-hmm. it gave me... I mean, I grew up watching a little bit of Mr. Rogers. Yeah, Probably not as much as you did. <laughs> but I was one of those kids that only had cable... After school, so I was watching all that PBS stuff, and I definitely watched Mr. Rogers. But I thought it was good to watch the documentary ahead of Mm -hmm. the movie because I learned even more about Mr. Rogers.
0: Yes. I loved seeing the documentary because it was so informative, and it really showed me all about his connection with kids, and then watching Tom Hanks being Mr. Rogers was just perfect. And I loved the story, and I loved those little uh, things in the movie that were so Mr. Rogers.
1: Yeah. Well, I also liked how in the movie, obviously, it touched on Mr. Rogers and how he interacts with kids. I also thought it was really interesting that the man in the movie i mean spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but while mr rogers is working with kids and helping kids and their emotional needs he's also helping this grown man Mm -hmm. come to terms with his emotions as well and so it just goes to show mr rogers is for everyone of all ages
0: yes it's all about the connection and the that they're human and it doesn't matter how old you are what color you are whether or not you have a disability he was able to connect with anyone
1: no matter how reluctant they were to the connection
0: yes and that's really important because i think especially when we uh, are dealing with kids that as they get older we see that shell hardening and we think they don't want that connection anymore, but it's just a defense, and they really do still want it, I think.
1: Yeah, I think they do. I tried showing my second graders a Mr. Rogers episode, and they were very confused, but, and then they were like, let's watch something else. This is boring, and then...
0: What confused them?
1: They, tr- they were just confused about the puppets, I think. They don't <laughs> see many puppets anymore on cartoons.
0: Oh, see, I want to talk about puppets, Um, but, (laughs) yeah, because, oh, God, is is kind of that go-to with puppets, but we'll talk about it. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I wondered about how Mr. Rogers translates to a faster uh, world that we're living in now, uh, more tech-savvy, everything's quicker on TV, and uh, I remember my son Oliver watching Mr. Mm Rogers— Uh, when he was a little younger and I thought, oh, I don't know if this is going to really connect with him but he sat there and he was probably four at the time and he was just watching and after the show was over he looked at me and said, how does he see me? Creepy but cool. (laughs) Also,
1: Oliver oh. is just a very thoughtful child. Not that your other, not that Charlie is oh. not a thoughtful child. Char- they are both thoughtful children. But what I mean by thoughtful is Oliver just thinks a lot about how things are going. And he just thinks very deeply about things. And sometimes you don't even know that he's thinking about it until he says something, and then you're like, oh, you've put a lot of thought into this. But I could totally see him doing that.
0: Yes, many times Oliver has explained something more clearly than I ever could (laughs) or brought up something months later that he heard me say. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay. That's funny. Some of the cool things that I saw in the movie were uh, that giving a minute of silence in the middle of the movie where it just invited the audience to think about someone that had made an impact in their life and the movie just stopped and everyone just sat there and it was incredible and I I know I thought of the person who of my person who impacted me did you think about your person or no yes you did yes oh.
1: Wait, who's your person?
0: Nan, my grandma.
1: Hmm. I love Nan as well.
0: Yeah. I thought it was really cool, The all of the exteriors, you had those transitions. Uh, they were all miniatures, just like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. They opened up with like a full little film strip of how a magazine is made. They pulled out and were like, okay, we're going to show you how a magazine is made. Just like my favorite segments from Mr. Rogers. Yeah. It was so cool. Um, And uh, they talked about in the documentary his routines. So uh, we all remember uh, when we watch the show that he comes in. Yes. The sweater and the shoes. They came off. Uh, they, he changed his, his coat into a little cardigan and his dress shoes into little sneakers and tied him up.
1: My favorite part of that, of those routines in the documentary, is watching the crew prank him and putting <laughs> the wrong size shoes down. And then he had to stop because he's like, what is going on?
0: I always wondered because he, he was so good at, at just being positive but I always wondered like was he like oh god <laughs> right, and it, but he's, he always said that is wonderful <laughs> oh yeah
1: <laughs> I'm gonna start saying that now anytime I feel like saying something negative I'm gonna say that is wonderful that is wonderful I don't know I just really can't even imagine I mean I know Mr. Rogers was human, but I just can't even imagine him letting a negative thoughts slip out of his head and f- out of his mouth. It just seems like he was always very patient with everyone. I know that his sons said something about, like, he wasn't always that way with us, but maybe it's different with, like, a parent.
0: Well, he, uh, both the documentary and the movie talk about how uncomfortable he was with expressing anger, that it was never okay when he was younger. Oh, yeah. And so he talked about expressing it through music and being able to express through the puppets mm-hmm. some of the things that he was feeling that that he felt were not okay. And it was kind of, it was a little weird when his, uh, when his son was saying that, oh, it was either his son or his wife, was saying that when he said something at the dinner table that was, you know, not very Mister Rogers, he would say it like in a
1: like in a, a puppet, puppet voice, voice no. like a
0: like a Lady Elaine voice.
1: I I missed that part of the documentary. <laughs>
0: that, was, <laughs> that was wild. We- yeah, it was a little weird. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's, we're willing
1: to let it slide. I am because, because he's great
0: because you're so great, Mister Rogers. L'enfloir. One. (laughs) It was just such a hang up to not be able to express emotions. Yeah. You know, he, he in the grand scheme, he he picked a pretty great way to funnel that. Right. Um. Oh, he said that the won't you be my neighbor song is an invitation to connect. I thought that was that was so great. How we have those routines that we regularly do with the students and that getting out of his outside clothes and getting into more comfortable clothes was communicating we're going to have a fun and relaxing time together yeah but yeah um he fed the fish he watched picture picture he went to the world of make-believe with trolley and when i think about having a repertoire or a bag of tricks or a routine that i do with the kids in school so that i'm not reinventing the wheel every single day. Mm -hmm. I think of how did Mr. Rogers format his show? What were the things he used again and again? And I also think about, (laughs) even though I kind of feel bad because they showed clips of this show to show what he didn't like about television, uh, but I always also used Pee-wee's Playhouse. Basically, Pee Wee's Playhouse, just like Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, had this template of things. Like they always had magic screen. They always had uh, what they were going to talk to Cherry about. What they were going to, what Countess was going to say. The format of having Rita the Mail Lady come in. There were just different vehicles for things, right. and so I think that it's important so you don't drive yourself crazy with planning something new every time. That you do have those vehicles that you regularly go to mm-hmm. that just make make the content really fun. Yeah. Did you want to talk about any any routines that you use during the day?
1: I mean, I feel like my biggest routine with setting the tone for the day is uh, we have our morning meeting time, and we kind of always start with the same kind of game in the morning. gives a gives the kids a chance to share. But then we'll go into whatever our topic is after that. And then, um, so it's always like coming to the carpet. It's always like being in a big circle, talking about whatever topic. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're not talking about the same exact things every time. But then we have our morning meeting where we just sit and discuss. We watch some videos. We talk, I talk about what the topic is. And then I let everyone else share their thoughts about it. And then we move on to phonics. So um, that's... One routine that I always do, but I think I want to get into doing more routines this year. Um, I don't know. I want to get into more routines that make the kids feel good and welcome and safe in the space.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking that I want to have the that repertoire of things that I do regularly, but not do the same thing every time, because I can mm-hmm. see the kids getting bored. Mm-hmm. When when we do the exact same thing. Right. Each time. And so getting getting that mixture of new and old or I know what I'm supposed to be doing but we're doing something we're lo- we're looking at something new.
1: Yeah, I just have like a rotating arsenal of activities and then every once in a while throw a new one in there. It gets them excited about it. Mm-hmm. So just rotating them out and then always adding something new. I'm talking about like when you sit down and you do your little icebreaker game in the morning or whatever. Yeah. I mean, my kids also love Go Noodle. That's that's a vehicle. I I don't know what kind of vehicle or where we're going with it, but sometimes I just need Go Noodle to give me a break.
0: I need a milkshake. I need a cat party.
1: Yeah, I need unicorn noodles. Just look up Go Noodle. You know, you'll know what we're talking about.
0: Oh, a milkshake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so they talked about how Mr. Rogers got into television uh, because he saw it as a powerful tool, but he hated television. And
1: well, he just thought it was like too fast paced, right?
0: He thought it was fast-paced. He saw it not preserving the dignity of people and not showing people respect, like lots of pies in the face and people being mean to each other.
1: Yeah, and like violence, that is supposed to be funny, but it's just desensitizing that it's violence.
0: Right, and so he saw this great tool that was being misused, and I think he really saw the potential that television had. So I kind of feel I kind of feel the same way about the education system. (laughs) Right.
1: I mean, we could I mean, I just got done doing this training over technology and we even talked about how technology in the classroom has such potential to be so you know creative and helping kids deepen their understanding but really we just stick them on there to do games and so even just Technology is something that has so much more potential to be something bigger. And yes. then we're just making it something easy to do.
0: Yeah, I think there's so much. Uh, it, after you get, you wade through all of the work of pinning everything to a state standard and how, ha- you know, what day, what week did you, you know, target this standard? Like when you get through all of that, you don't have the energy anymore. For something creative, which is what these technologies were originally trying to foster, right? So he talked about uh, everything speeding up, but he said silence is everything. I think silence is one of the greatest gifts that we have. So he, his, I noticed that his questions were very direct and very simple, and then he just waited.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing in education. I get I remember in college and going through the teaching program, there was a there was something that they looked for me doing, which was asking a question and giving wait time. And they even said, I mean, you should be giving at least 5 seconds of wait time, which feels like an eternity.
0: Feels like forever.
1: But yeah, there is value in just silence and waiting and letting them think it through on their own cuz you'll be surprised by the que- by the answers that you get when you give them a minute to think about it
0: yeah cuz i think you're so terrified of their attention span and it's like
1: did anything i just say even resonate in their brain
0: yeah like the moment i stop talking are they thinking Or are they thinking about the Muppet Babies? No, or whatever. Your kids
1: might think about the Muppet Babies. We watch that
0: so much. My kids love the Muppet Babies. I've come across both when I was a counselor and now that I'm a teacher, just how incredibly important and valuable, what a great tool, wait time is. And I really... Leaned in when I saw um, part of the documentary where he's uh, working with the special needs kids, and I thought, okay, how is he going to, um, how is he going to interact with them? Is it going to be different? And it really wasn't. He uh, he listens intently, asks them questions. He doesn't he doesn't simplify his his questioning or his, his wording any more than usual he's always direct and simple. Yeah, no and matter
1: the ability of the child. Yeah
0: he, yeah, he spoke to them and then he just, he waited and he listened and I, I remember getting into uh, special education that was one of my main fears was what if, you know, what if all the, the kids I work with who have speech impairments what if I can't understand them? You know what? What's gonna happen? Well, there's
1: so many more ways to understand a kid, not just by their words, but just by looking at their face and their body. And I'm sure you figured that out.
0: Oh yeah. Yes, immediately I've I've figured it. Or you know, not immediately, but I
1: I was immediate.
0: (laughs) I was like baby Superman (laughs) coming in and immediately able to lift a car. baby
1: Superman. Yeah, a little, you know, it is his
0: little saucer. <laughs> no, I'd
1: never seen that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I have he, no idea He comes about. in a saucer and he's a baby. Oh. And he lands on Earth gently. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he's a baby, but he it's was. It's like,
1: reminds me of the Grinch in the Jim Carrey rendition. I
0: think everybody, everything reminds you of the Grinch. I love the
1: Grinch. <laughs> is how many, how many weeks till Christmas? I think like 18.
0: Yeah, probably. I wouldn't know, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm counting, so. And he also kept in, Mr. Rogers kept in the mistakes. I loved that, uh, that it was important to show kids that it's okay to make mistakes uh, when they try something. And I thought that was something that teachers could really embrace now because I think that we can spend a lot of unnecessary time if we're being perfectionists about the video um, the video content that we're sending out, if we have to stop and erase and stop and erase every time because we flubbed a line.
1: Yeah, I did not start over unless I got halfway through the math lesson and realized I was teaching with the wrong answer given. <laughs> but other than that, my stuttering and my, um, my switching up of words, my students are used to that in person. Mm-hmm. And so... It didn't it just didn't seem very genuine if I just made myself this perfect robot over video. They need to know that it's still me. Hello,
0: this is man. Goodman. <laughs> Welcome to class.
1: That's not what I sound like. No, it's Maybe, just
0: that's the is. perfect version.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> of you, of course. Mr. Rogers talked about the relationship between him and a child through the television screen was just, a, just as real as a real relationship. Maybe not just a, Was a very real relationship. And he talked about the, the distance between the television and the child being holy ground. And I thought that was...
1: I mean, that's just like when Ollie was like, how does he see me?
0: Yes. There was truly a real connection. And I think, okay, we can't see this these computers and the screens and our video content as being something that's cold and hard. It is it is that vehicle from us to the student, and it is helping us to connect with them. And that still is a very real relationship that we have with our students.
1: Right. And uh, probably next year, last year, I recorded my screen with screen, Screencast-O-Matic or with some other form of app. And it would record my screen and my voice at the same time, but I never put my face on there because um, obviously I didn't do my hair or my makeup <laughs> or anything. Why would I? But now I'm going to start putting my face on the videos too because I feel like they need to see my face.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, the more we can personalize mm-hmm. and bring – that our faces bring warmth to their content. Right. And keeps them from feeling like they're just – um. just talking to a beautiful robot <laughs> that they cannot see. Uh, okay, so Mr. Rogers, I loved that he was so polite and gentle, but he was not meek. He was not afraid to take on the current topics and the controversial topics.
1: Yeah. Um, I liked when, I mean, especially with all of this going on now in this day and age it or not in this day and age in this time that we are in um i remember that one episode of mr rogers where he sat with what was the mailman's name
0: uh, officer Office. clemens oh, no, not the
1: ma- when he sat with the police officer yes. officer clemens and he put his feet in the in the pool with him and that tackled a controversial topic at the time because wasn't that when segregate wait am i wrong
0: yeah, he was responding to something that had happened. It was like the
1: civil rights movement, right? It was
0: during the civil rights movement, and a and a hotel manager had seen black and white people uh, in the swimming pool together at his at his hotel, and so he went and threw um, acid <gasps> into the pool.
1: Oh my god! While they were in the pool. Yeah.
0: And that was Mr. Rogers' response to that.
1: Yeah. And when, um, what, and what else? Yeah. I thought that was pretty brave of Mr. Rogers, especially because people can get really ticked about what their kids are seeing. Mm -hmm. And if there were still people like that back in the day who were just hateful like that, they would probably feel attacked by that. But he was not scared of that.
0: Yeah. There are a lot of issues even today that I think would really parallel, um, You know, people being very upset seeing a black person and a white person together. Um, But Mr. Rogers, it was incredible. They said from the first week, oh, my gosh, from the first week, it showed him with King Friday in the land of make-believe building a wall around the castle to keep people out and to keep change from happening. And I thought... Oh, wow, that's... uh... No comment. (laughs) Yeah, right? Uh, We're not... This is not a political podcast, but he had the puppets, uh, who didn't want there to be a wall around the castle, he had the puppets send messages of love and peace over that wall with balloons, and it was a way to speak to the kids' hearts. Uh, I mean, when Bobby Kennedy was assassinated... They talked about it on the...
1: They even went as far as to define the word assassinate.
0: Yeah, he said, what does assassination mean? And it was something that kids were hearing and not understanding, and their parents did not know how to talk to kids about such a dark subject.
1: But I I also thought it was good that when they were talking about a dark subject, they really embraced how sad it was, and they... Mm -hmm. They didn't even try to find a bright side. Well, I, maybe he did try. He didn't try to change the situation and spin it to be something positive. I mean, he looked towards things apart from that that were positive, but he didn't try and sugarcoat, like, what was happening. And it's okay that this is happening. Like It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: He didn't sugarcoat it, but he did put in these solutions in or the like world of make believe, yeah, and that that revolved around love, mm-hmm. that 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 showed them showing love uh, in the face of something horrible happening.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, even after his show was done airing, he recorded a PSA after the attacks of nine eleven.
0: After nine eleven, they asked him to come do PSAs. Uh, to talk to people about it, and he was very conflicted because he was losing hope uh, and thinking. <laughs> oh my gosh, you crying? <laughs> yeah, I have a, this this week in the summers off podcast studio. I have a new item. It's a box of Kleenex. I knew I was going to get so so emotional talking about Mr. Rogers because I just love him and his the connections that he has with people really just move me to weep openly. <laughs> so I have my Kleenex here.
1: I did cry after the documentary. It oh gosh. Good. So did Poppy. My grandfather, her dad.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: emotional man.
0: Is very Well, we are weepers. It must run in the family. That's right. It runs down our cheeks through our family. That's funny. Okay. So, um, but it was really cool that the journalists started going to him as the go-to of whenever a tragedy happened in the news. Uh, they went to Mr. Rogers to say, "Okay, how can we talk to parents about how to talk to their kids about this?" And he he was this go-to. Oh, and did you see the um, the part where he he um, got the senator to P- Senator Pastore to um, to keep the $20 million funding of public broadcasting system. I
1: remember I remember that in the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. They talked about it in the documentary. Mhm. But he did something that was pretty clever to keep it, didn't he?
0: It wasn't even clever. It was it was just so open. Um, or,
1: yeah, he like got but he got to the root of his feelings, right?
0: Yes. Like Senator Pastor went in. They were wanting to shut down public broadcasting because it's just too expensive. And he he said, you know, I'm sure you want to talk, Mr. Rogers. And he'd already made up his mind. And Mr. Rogers spoke, just, just went right around his brain and spoke directly to his heart. And, uh he said if we can make it clear that the f- that feelings are mentionable mentionable he said if we can make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable that's what he wanted to communicate to to kids and then he says and that is what this song is all about, would you like to hear the words to it? And this gruff senator is like, yes, if you must. <laughs> and Mr. Rogers just goes ahead and takes his time and and just says all the lyrics of this uh, song called, What Do You Do With The Mad That You Feel?
1: Are you crying more? Yes, I am! <laughs>
0: And this hardened, uh, this hardened senator, just takes off his glasses at the end and says, "That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> you can have it. That's Came beautiful.
0: You just got your twenty million dollars." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's why you know public, uh, public, the public broadcasting system is still around. Thanks, Fred. You're amazing. Yeah. But he talked great. about puppets, and I thought. Okay, how do we feel about puppets? Mallory, how do you feel about puppets? <laughs> I'm
1: not the biggest fan.
0: Mallory's not a fan of puppets. Um,
1: it may stem from some horror movies. It may stem from the time that your two lovely children got their, uh, what's his name, Slappy Doll from Bumps and. Tucked him into my bed. <laughs> it may stem from that. That only happened a few years ago. Oh,
0: God, uh, I'm terrified. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So puppets. Okay. I see puppets as really being along quite a, quite a spectrum. And at one end is the ventriloquist dummy puppet. And that thing is just creepy. And it's been in so many horror movies uh, where, you know, it's probably demonically possessed and all of that. Raggedy Ann doll and creepy yeah Raggedy Ann became is the Annabelle doll you know yeah the Annabelle doll was actually Raggedy Ann a Raggedy Ann doll
1: but if you're talking about like Sesame Street puppets those are not as bad
0: okay so that's what I'm saying if we take the P out and put an M in there a Muppet it's a Muppet and who doesn't love the Muppets Elmo, and Big Bird, and Grover, Lovable Grover, Cookie Monster. Are they Muppets? Yeah, they're they're part of Jim Henson's. The, all of Jim Henson's oh. are Muppets. So, Why Sesame have I Street. never
1: seen Kermit on Sesame Street, or has he been on there? Yeah, he
0: was Frog on the Street. He's like a reporter. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, so schooled me. Yeah, Muppets, I think, are this thing that I think people don't really realize that those are also puppets. <laughs> and it's like, okay, puppets are not bad. They're not all bad. They're not all bad, okay? Some of them are bad, okay? When, like, a grown man makes a little wooden man that looks kind of like the grown man and talks with or it. Like, and,
1: or the grown man, you know, has his. Other personality that speaks through the puppet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think anything can be used for good or evil. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, but the puppets, he, he talked about, uh, Mr. Rogers talked about being able to say what we're afraid to say to help us connect. And that these puppets can be a vehicle to be vulnerable and connect when we're afraid to connect and be that vulnerable.
1: And he used Daniel, right?
0: Yes, Daniel Tiger was his original puppet.
1: And you know what is crazy to me? It took me watching... I mean, like I said, I watched a few of the Mr. Rogers episodes back in the day. However, it has been a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I am now an adult, and I watched the documentary and the movie. And it took me all of that time to realize (laughs) that Daniel... Tiger, Daniel's- the new, like, kid's cartoon stems from Mr. Rogers. Yeah.
0: So I thought that was cute. Mind blown. Daniel was, oh, my goodness. Daniel Striped Tiger is really a sweet little little puppet that was a lot like Fred's own personality. And I recently uh, attended a... a a seminar, a conference, where they talked about using puppets in your classroom. And I was always like, "Mm, I don't think so, you know. (laughs) Perhaps not. Yeah, I was thinking more (sighs) ventriloquist dummy than Muppet. And they said, it is so great. I think this was Jamie White talking about circle time. She said, a puppet is amazing. When you can't get the kids to focus on you when you're doing something that's a lot of exposition, a lot of explaining, or telling them about something, or demonstrating how to do something. And
1: they're just so much more interested in a puppet than they are in you.
0: She said, just let the puppet do it. She said, their eyes are on the puppet. It's like just let the puppet essentially like do your dirty work for you, do your boring work. They let them tell all of the facts let the puppet demonstrate how to draw you know i mean you know it's going to be your thumb and your pinky you know trying to write or whatever but but let the puppet do it
1: the trick of it is you got to convince the kid that the puppet is a separate entity than you
0: <laughs> that's right and they talked about she talked about kids i mean kids who have been out of her classroom for years still asking about her bird puppet and like is Dory real? <laughs> what? You <laughs> still using that Dory? <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, or whatever the puppet's name was. But um, yeah, and so they they really remember it, and you can really um, allocate some of the less interesting things that you're doing to the puppet because that vehicle makes the content interesting.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: I think puppets are great now. So they talked a little bit in the documentary about uh, the idea later uh, that Mr. Rogers made entitled narcissists of all of us, which I, I always thought was complete bunk, but I wasn't sure exactly why.
1: Well, he told everyone they're special. And you don't have to work hard to earn it. I mean, if you think about it, we are all special, and not to get all religious on here, but that's exactly what the Bible teaches as well. Like you are special just because you're you.
0: Yeah, and I I mean, this uh, young man from the Mister Rogers Foundation, uh, and it said that this narcissistic society idea came in and saying that, you know, you told everyone that they're special and you don't have to work hard and earn it. He said, it's not about entitlement and that that you do have inherent value given you by your creator.
1: But think about if he had worded it, you are not special and you need to work hard to, to convince everyone and yourself that you have value. I mean, then you would just be having a whole generation of people just chasing empty happiness that all these things you know success that Mm -hmm. it's never going to bring you any sort of confidence or like to value yourself so i feel like it would have been bad to preach the other way around
0: i feel like we as adults and kids do get that message all the time that it's it's a you know our value is our productivity, right? And what we bring to the table, and what um, what we can do, and and very little value is given to you, you as a human, you as this, as a, as a human, are right. uniquely.
1: So I'm glad Fred didn't didn't go along with that though. I'm glad no. I'm glad that he said you have value, yeah. just because you're you.
0: And they 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 showed him at a commencement speech for these. People graduating from college. And he said, you don't ever have to do anything sensational for people to love you.
1: I don't. People love me.
0: (laughs) People love me. And I'm here doing nothing sensational. Me as well. I'm proving Mr. Rogers right. (laughs) So, we love you, Mr. Rogers. Did you want to say anything else about Mr. Rogers that was fantastic?
1: Um. Not really about Mr. Rogers, but you all should go look up the photo of Joanne Rogers at a NICU yes. looking at all these babies that are dressed in knitted Mr. Rogers sweaters. And the look of joy on her face is so precious. Aww. It'll bring joy to your day,
0: too. Aw, Joanne it was really such a joyful person. We should post
1: it on our blog. <gasps>
0: we'll post a picture. We'll do it. You don't even have to look very far as long as you're our friend. And now for a segment we like to call, What Are You Watching? All right. So what are you watching? Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. So this is an oldie. Yes. But is it a goodie?
1: Yes. Well, I watched it in college. And I watched it all the way up to the point where you all know something horrible happened. Then I then I put it away in the back of my mind for years and years, and then I finally so. felt strong enough to go back and face the heartache that was my favorite character dying.
0: Oh man! So you let yourself end on a bat on a low note,
1: right? Well, it's for kind of, if you think about Grey's Anatomy. You have like the first few seasons, you have your core group, and uh-huh. then all of those characters leave. So really, like the first half of the whole show is different than the second half. Cause oops, sorry. Cause the second half has all these different characters and storylines. So if you think about it, I watched part one of Grey's Anatomy, and now I'm on to part two. Okay, so I was is emotionally it, ready
0: for it. Is it like Saved by the Bell and then Saved by the Bell: The New Class? No. Ugh.
1: I mean, they Thank kind goodness. of they kind of trickle in the new characters as they're yanking out the old.
0: Okay, so it's more of a...
1: I was just not, like, I was not ready to let new characters into my heart, and Mm -hmm. so I shunned it for a while. But now I'm ready to open my heart back up to new characters that Shonda Rhimes is just going to stab me in the back again. Probably kill them off, but it's fine.
0: Well, I think that maybe Grey's Anatomy really mirrored your own grief process.
1: Yeah, you just got to not you just got to ignore your grief for a long time what is it what is one of the five steps avoidance denial denial <laughs> that's what i was in for a few years for a
0: long time <laughs> that's a long time then you started bargaining and now you're accepting is that what yeah, it i'm
1: accepting i'm accepting and um then I'll be ready to start over at season one again and go through all those emotional ups and downs.
0: Gonna, so I've never watched uh, Grey's Anatomy before. Would you recommend it to me?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, I think that you like like less dramatic and more comedy shows. Like, you're not really totally into the drama. I'm into the drama. I mean, and there's also, like, surgical procedures that you might not. Like, oh, I used
0: that. to watch Real Surgical Procedures on the Learning Channel when I was like Ew. in fifth grade, sixth grade.
1: Well, maybe you should just give a, the, a few episodes a chance. And then if you hate it, then you know.
0: Is there a special cut, like a special director's cut that's only the surgeries? No. <laughs> only close ups of organs?
1: No, but I just remember like when, um, what was her name?
0: Oh, wait, was there this a movie where they did like a face transplant that yeah. looked like a piece of cheese that they're holding up?
1: Are you talking about The Office? Maybe. Are you talking about the CPR episode of The Office? No.
0: Not I'm exactly. sure there was
1: a face transplant on Grey's Anatomy, but I don't remember it looking like cheese. Oh. I feel like that's something I would remember. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh! Maybe it didn't look like cheese to you. But
1: anyway, I love Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> and um, I have a um, complicated relationship with it. But uh-huh. I still love it.
0: Okay, okay, I I dig that. Uh, I do not have a complicated a complicated. I do not have a complicated relationship with what I've been watching, which is. Eurovision, I am in love.
1: How many times have you watched that movie?
0: Only two times. Only two times. But uh, ask me how many times I have listened to the song "Yah Ya Ding Dong.
1: I feel like I could guess. And it would be over the amount of fingers I have on both hands.
0: Yeah, it's more... It's more than the number of days that it's been since I've watched the movie. Do you think it's
1: more than the amount of days in the year?
0: Mm, No. No. Not yet.
1: Like maybe by next week, though. Oh, my
0: gosh. But this is incredible. It has wonderful music. It's It's Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And they are these two Icelandic young people who want to compete and win at Eurovision, this huge musical competition in Europe. And it's incredible. And I know that some people do not care for Will Ferrell, but I... It's interesting
1: that he plays a young person. He's not young at all.
0: He continues to play young people, (laughs) like, into his later years.
1: And Rachel McAdams is not old, but she's also not young.
0: But they do definitely play, like... 20-somethings in the, That's like, funny. you definitely feel like they're, like, adults, but they just haven't grown up. They're still, like, he's really focused on Eurovision. That is his dream of his lifetime, and so he's not really growing in any other ways. But I realized that what I like about Will Ferrell is when he plays a, an innocent, simple, Character like he did in Elf,
1: not like from *Talladega Nights*. No, or not Sherlock and Holmes. Those are my least favorite. Yeah, of *Talladega Nights* or
0: like Man, where it's like a lot of dirty yeah. uh, stuff. I
1: love Elf, and I and I maybe I would like Eurovision if if you're comparing him to Buddy.
0: Yes, and that it his character in Eurovision um, really reminds me a lot of of his character in, in Elf, Buddy, uh, because he is very, um, very young and naive. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he's very pure of heart. And the, oh my gosh, the music in this, I, I would wake up singing Ya Ya Ding Dong, like as soon as I got out of bed, I would jump up and, and Ya, ya Ding Dong. So
1: would you say this movie is life changing?
0: Maybe. Well, it was for Rachel McAdams, Character Sigrid (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and Lars, uh, who's Will Ferrell, Lars and Sigrid, Uh, but it's it's just it's really funny. And then the music is going to get in your head, and you're gonna want to play it. And it makes you feel great. And there is like, it's it's so it's silly and funny, but then when it gets to like the climax of the movie. You realize, like, this this young woman, played by Rachel McAdams, Sigrid, has gone on such a huge journey, this arc, this huge character arc. And when she starts singing uh, the big song that she sings at the Eurovision competition, like, I was, I was emotional. You're, and an, you're
1: an emotional wreck today.
0: I not an emotional wreck. I'm an emotional victory today.
1: Yes, uh, that's what I mean. You're an emotion. <laughs> you're on the roller coaster of emotions.
0: Yeah, I'm like a wonderful waterfall or fountain or something aquatic that is flowing. You're
1: like that dolphin show I saw in Florida.
0: Speaking, of, there, there's some magical. There's some serious whale action. In Eurovision, that is beautiful. Oh, where they just get up and flip in the air, and it's just so beautiful.
1: It reminds me of. I mean, I saw that dolphin show, and mm-hmm. now I'm going to probably go work a dolphin show in the summers. I've decided that's going to be my new summer jobs. All right. Train dolphins. Oh. So, life. Well. Altering.
0: Life will never be the same, which is not a not a song from Eurovision, but Eurovision has incredible songs. <laughs> and so yeah, when they oh my gosh, when she sings and then she does something during the song that she is not supposed to do, and the way the Icelandic people all react to what happens. It's so beautiful, and you're like, oh my gosh, oh Iceland! You know, like you, I have never had so much Icelandic pride in my life. So, which is interesting, I guess.
1: You're like, I'm not even from there.
0: Changed me. That's it's so good. Go watch Eurovision, y'all. I mean, it's incredible. If you're feeling down about this coming year. Like, you just need to invest two hours in watching Eurovision. Like, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Summer's Off podcast. This is Jules. And I'm Mal. And we can't wait for you to come back and listen to us as we uh, go on the journey into...
1: Whatever this year is going to bring us. Da-da-da. The end. The end.
0: Okay, that's it. Turn it off. The Summers Off podcast is produced by Albi Robles Voice.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Summers Off podcast. I'm Jules. And I'm Mal. Do you have any questions? Because we have questions for you. Find us on Instagram at Summers Off Podcast or visit our Facebook page to join the conversation.
0: We want to know your thoughts and opinions about this crazy life we've chosen inside and outside of the classroom. Enjoy your summer break and tune in for next week's episode of the Summer's Off Podcast.